We're back in studio with uh, co-host Greg Tilson. My name is Kareem Kanji. Welcome to the podcast and welcome to a special surprise guest, the founder, the curator of uh, Girth Radio, Sammy Yunin. Surprise to me too. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect to be on we the show. We spoke to you a minute ago. Yes, so. 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Lots How of, you doing? Lots of time to prep. Yeah, lots of time. I did yep. a lot of research. Yes. How you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. Are you excited for TIFF? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So I'm excited for TIFF because I'm going to my first ever. I'm hoping to go to my first ever opening night. I bought the tickets back in the beginning of the summer before I knew what the opening uh, movie was. Okay. And it just so happened that this past summer when I was in Stratford, I went to, I, I just happened upon a record sale. Uh, and for you kids in the mall, records are these things that you listen to music. Best way to listen to music if you're not there live. Uh, and so I bought um, The Last Waltz by the band. And the opening movie at TIFF this year is a Robbie Robertson and the band movie. So I'm excited to go. I just need to find my tickets because I can't find my tickets. You can't find your tickets? I, can't, I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're digital. I, I, I ordered them online. So you, you can go. You've got tickets. I've got tickets. I just can't find. See, if you'd worked harder and was more famous, you wouldn't have to worry I about tickets. I wouldn't have to worry about tickets. That's the whole point of TIFF. <laughs> Hanging yeah. out with the pretty people. Hang, yeah. Yes. Well, I'll shave. I'll be a little bit pretty. I got a haircut yeah. and I shaved this morning. So um, are, you, are you excited about TIFF? Uh, it's kind of a TIFF's kind of becoming a mixture of stuff because this year there's a number of stuff that's going to open like regular like Joker for example is going to open up everywhere so that's kind of boring there's some Netflix stuff again Netflix yeah. like was it two years ago there was a movie that was at TIFF and it was on Netflix at the same time yeah. so it's like why would you pay the $25 yeah. ticket like, yeah. if you could just stay home and not wear pants and chill yeah. on that so uh, so some of it is kind of like a mixed bag, but yeah, there's a couple of uh, indie ones um, that look kind of interesting. Uh, some documentaries that also look interesting. There is one on um, I'm forgetting the name now. This is what happens when there's no research. So what's, what sort of movie is a good movie to show at TIFF? Well, basically, TIFF is based on the celebrities, and that's what usually people kind of go to. So people go to see the movies. So like uh, the Joker movie I just mentioned, for example. Uh, Joaquim Noah's uh, sure Joaquim Phoenix is going to be there, mm -hmm. and so people will go see that because he'll be in the room and they can take photos. If Joaquim Noah shows up, would you go see that? Yeah, I would, but I don't need to boo him though, man. That guy's a terrible rebounder. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's that's usually the the highlight of what TIFF is. It's just that so you can go and then see those kind of like people and kind of interact with them. Um, so it's less to do with the actual movies. Yeah. And then a lot of times, too, people like going to the parties. And there's some good parties and good events and things like that as well. Any specific docs? I mean, you and I talk about a lot of docs that um, you're excited about. There's, uh, there's not that much in terms of like the music. Like, you and I kind of tend to yeah. talk about more of the music stuff. Yeah. There's really not that much in terms of that stuff mm -hmm. this year. That's kind of like a little bit thin, which like, I was kind of disappointed in. Um, there is, um, I'm trying to think of like, there's uh, one, uh, what was it? I can't remember the dude's name. He was a really famous yoga guy. And then uh, it turned out that he was really highly inappropriate. Does that ring a bell? And Richard so he, Simmons? Not Richard Simmons. No, that was, that's, that's <laughs> not Richard Simmons. I don't know. Famous yoga. I don't know. Who's a famous yoga guy? 
Anyways, he, he was like a yoga guy to the stars. Anyways, he was highly inappropriate and he touched people in their swimming suit area and then he lost his fame and fortune, whatever. And so that documentary is about that guy. Okay. <laughs> there you go. As vague as like uh, research in 10 minutes. Okay, let's, 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 let's leave TIFF for now. Yeah. Um, it is the end, almost, we're, we're in the fall of uh, 2019. Correct. Are we loud? I don't know. So we're in the fall of 2019. Uh, it's been almost a year since Girth Radio Studios end of January basically. shut down. Yeah. Um, let's go back. Let's talk about the studio. All right. Because um, that that was sort of what Girth was. It was it was that studio. It was a, it was a spot. It was a place uh, where people could could go, grab a drink, grab a bite, um, and. You know whether it was some of your in session with, um, or whether it was um, the creative imbalance and some other shows. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people came to see you know what indie act would show up and stuff. So let, let's start from the beginning. How did Girth Radio start? So um, I knew Alex informally. Alex was the former owner of Pacific Junction Hotel Bar, which is where we record, and I knew him informally. We kind of uh, had a few people in common. And then uh, one day he was saying to a friend of mine, Sean, uh, he was like, I'm thinking of really kind of closing down a section of this bar and then converting into a, like an online radio station studio. And then my friend Sean's like, you should talk to Sammy. You, might, you know Sammy. He does a lot of music stuff and whatever. And I was writing stuff for like National Post and things like that. So he's like, Sean's like, you should talk to Sammy. So Alex is all right. So he, Alex sits me down. And he's like, I'm thinking of closing this all down and uh, converting it. And Greg, you know this from like business people. Sometimes you hear pitches and people yeah. talking and it's like, they have all these grandiose ideas, yeah. right? But Alex really seemed like sincere. And I was like, all right, this sounds actually really cool. I'm like, all right, I'm in. So what do you need? He's like, I don't know what I need. So let me just finish building it first and then we'll see what, where it goes from here. He builds the studio and then he's like, here you go. And I'm like, well, what do I do now? He's like, I, I don't know, just interview a band or something, like do something. Mm -hmm. So um, it was one of those things where like he understood it was a good idea and it could bring in people and that kind of thing, but he also hadn't thought it through. And then he just also kind of like, you seem to know what you're doing. Like you seem to know some people in music and like, you know, bands and stuff. Just go do that thing that you do. I said, all right. Yeah. So I brought in a couple of friends who play music, whatever. Uh, so we had, we kind of fooled around a little bit for a couple of weeks, about a month or so. We were lost recordings. We pushed bad buttons, never pushed that button again, uh, mm. put the tape on that button, that kind of thing. And then we started to kind of figure out like what kind of actual shows and kind of content and stuff. And I reached out to people like yourself, uh, to kind of start developing actual product and like actual shows, uh, kind of flesh it all out. And that's kind of how it got started. Yeah. But it was, I mean, you've met Alex several times too. Like he's pretty like hands off too, which was kind he's of- very hands off. Right? Cause I was- Yeah, that he was let you run with it. Yeah. yeah. Cause I told him like, look, I can bring in like podcasters and bands and stuff like this, but if they talk about it, if there's a certain song on the album that's a little racy or like, I, I can't control what people are going to say on the mics. Yeah. Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, is that going to be an issue? Because this is your business. And if somebody brought in like this rap album and everyone's all upset and like, whatever, you can't say that on the air. I'm like, are you cool with that? He's like, it's fine. I said, all right. I'm like, but some of the bands and people like this, uh, they may get rowdy and they may whatever. Are you cool with the ruckus? He's like, it's fine. I'm like, all right, then that's the role. And that's it. So then once you kind of came on board, uh, Sean Siriani, he did Creative Imbalance. We started fleshing out some shows and then everyone started kind of rolling and doing their thing. 
Nice. Yeah. How many hours do you figure were recorded out of that studio? Um, at by the time we were done, at uh, in total we had about twenty-two shows. Wow. So some people lasted longer than others. Uh, some, and this is the thing too. The, it's one of the things with with podcasting where people kind of like. Um, wouldn't understand the medium so they're like look I w they would pitch me a show and they're like I want to do this show and I want to talk to like these creative people whatever and I'm like okay this sounds really cool I'm like give me an example of some of the guests that you want to do and they'd be like oh, I want to get in like Rick Rubin and then I want to get in the BC boys and I want to get these and I'm like do you actually know these people or like no no I would just reach out and just talk to them and they come in and I'm like <laughs> Rick Rubin's not coming here unless <laughs> you are his brother he's not coming here but it's just like it's just over the top like logic like I mean again Greg like you know when you start business people are like oh this business is gonna be a million dollar industry yeah. or whatever and it's gonna transform lives or whatever and then some startups they take a little while to get going like you know what I mean? So, um, yes, it might be part of a million dollar industry and podcasting is growing and all this stuff. But if you don't know BC Boys or Rick Rubin, they're not coming in just because you have a show. Yeah. Nobody's heard of you. Yeah. And so sometimes there would be like, you'd have to do that kind of thing where like, maybe just get like Rick Rubin's cousin first and maybe start with that and then see if you can get and work your way up. Uh, but yeah, overall, it was like we had a broad range of uh, shows. And then the great thing, too, was like I just kind of took Alex's um, kind of um, standard. And like when people say, like, I want to do a show, like what I did with you, Cream, like, all right, go do it. I'm like, I'm going to do the show about whatever. I'm like, yeah, just do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I figured you figure out your own guests, you figure out your own style, you'd figure out how to do the interviews and stuff like this. And then I was around like if people needed help or feedback or something like that. Um, and that was kind of it. It was yeah. pretty hands off. Present company accepted. Uh, what, what, who or which show would you, do you think really had or still has um, an opportunity to, to continue growing? When we started towards the end, uh, we kind of cut off, but they're still going. It's called Pub Hub, and it's these two girls, and they tackle publishing, but from the opposite end. So they talk to like the publishers and the editors, and instead of talking to writers. A lot of podcasts are on writers. This is how a book is basically made. Um, so they kind of talk to the, the industry side, and you find out about sales and um, deals and editing and all those kind of things that you don't realize like a book just doesn't come out of thin air. Mm -hmm. uh, so they were about four or five episodes in when uh, Girth Radio shut down. So, but again, that was the whole point too of Girth. That was kind of cool. Was like you can give these two girls this voice, right? They were still, um, they had just graduated, so like late twenties, figuring things out, and they started to build up a little community because of like they were connecting with other like writers and publishers and editors and stuff like that. So it's cool to give people like that a voice and like, all right, go do it, figure it out. Yeah. Um, and and some, sometimes some of the the, the behind the scenes. Like when we were talking about uh, when we interviewed Mark Howard, yeah, like that that's behind the music scene. That's that's the engineering, the technical, and sometimes those discuss those discussions bring out a lot more than, for example, the celebrity or the star. Yeah, you know I mean, it, particularly as you want to get down a niche, and I mean, for us with behind fine wine, no, mm -hmm. no plug there. <laughs> but that's I mean that's what that's what when I talked to Warren about getting into you know video content and and putting something out regularly on yeah, our yeah. site. It was, you know, Warren said, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, talk about this wine tastes like this or this wine tastes like that or interview celebrities. He goes, I just want to talk to the people that I know that are behind the business. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, that's perfect. That's behind fine wine. Because what's great about that for us is that it's content that works, whether the person's a very experienced, 
mm -hmm. wine connoisseur, or wanting to start out. So when we talk about you know shipping or um, you know the Hong Kong Asia market, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Again, yeah. that's content that's that's valuable for anybody. Yeah. So uh, that's and what I love about what you talk about with yeah. the two women that were doing the pub. Up. And that's like you're also building up your Rolodex too, yeah. right? Because it's yeah. at the end of the day too. Like, you knowing, like, if they knew Stephen King and uh, a couple other, like, famous writers, the Harry Potter lady, J.K. Rowling, and so that, that's fine. But it's like, once you start knowing the industry, like, you're yeah. working backwards with the wine industry, then you start to build up that credibility, you have the connections, that kind of stuff. Then your business can also take off and expand and grow that way, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I, th I, think that's, I think that's something, and again, whether we're going this way or not, but, you know, for, for people that are looking to get into corporate podcasting, you know, you and I have talked about it when you talked about, I think you were working with a, with a banker or something and you were talking about, you know, what, what content, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, it's, it's that behind the scenes content that works really well for corporate type podcasting. Yes. And, and there's, there's a lot of, I mean, there's one independent podcast. I believe the name is called Fully Completely. It's a tragically hit podcast. Yeah. Um, and I, I've listened to a couple of them, but... Um, I listened to one on on the plane uh, home a couple of days ago, um, and it starred your one of your favorite people, Jake Gold, um, and they were interviewing Jake Gold, and they, and they had some, and, and and they also played some like really old off the floor recordings of the tragically hit. But it was it was interesting to hear sort of like people who like tragically might not necessarily know who the heck Jake Gold is. Yeah. Um, but it was good to, it was interesting to hear yeah. some of the behind the scenes stuff, yeah. right? And you know, there's a term called inside baseball. Um, and people who enjoy baseball love that inside baseball talk. People who enjoy music, I'm sure would like the inside music talk. I mean, that's why much music in its heyday was so popular, not just because of the videos that they showed, but because you'd have guests on. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. you'd say, holy shit, here's, you know, so-and-so is in Toronto, um, and they're interviewing with a guy in a studio similar to this where there was a window, and people could watch and see one of their favorite stars or yeah. an up-and-coming indie act yeah. uh, being interviewed uh, about, you know, their latest song or EP or, or well, album. We were talking about the opportunity here, right? Mm -hmm. Even at this studio. Like, yeah. You know. It's just, I think that's, and that was kind of, to go back to your initial question about Growth Radio, that was one of the things I really wanted to kind of capture, was to go back uh, to that uh, Edge 102 studio, the Much Music Queen Street studio, mm. like when you have that energy and the crowd is there and you're excited to see Duran Duran or um, some 41 or something like that, mm. right? Like that vibe, that's what you, that's what you want. Because the, especially for some of the music stuff, that's the way the crowd is already set up, right? Like a crowd is already set up for a concert with that energy and they're ready to go off. They yeah. just need the energy. And so, the, it, but you can do that. And that's what also kind of go back to like our earlier part, which is like TIFF, which is that same kind of vibe, right? Where all these famous people now uh, are like mingling around and stuff like that. And then you like, you could share a urinal with like, I don't know, Brad Pitt and stuff like that. Like those kind of stories and those moments. That's one of your goals, right? Well, well, let's ask this question. You know, if you had to share the urinal with one person, <laughs> who would it be? Greg Brad Pitt's pretty cool, actually. Brad Pitt? Yeah. All right. Why? Who would you choose? Well, well, the question is, so, so the question is, do you believe that you are allowed to talk to the person at the urinal or not? Because that's, that's a question that a lot of people have issues with, that you got to answer that first before you can then decide. 
Well, you could share a urine and then not talk to them. You want to be polite, though. Excuse me. Can you move over? Do you mind talking? Can you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I I want to share. I have to teach my son about urinal etiquette. Not etiquette, but so when you go into a washroom and you've got three urinals. Yes. Don't take the middle. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There's 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 a rule, right? Right. There's a rule. You don't. If all three are open, you don't take the middle one. Mm-hmm. Is that true? That's valid. Yeah, 100%. valid. Great. Yeah, hundred percent. You use one of the sides. Yeah. Right. And the yeah. other rule is if you if you tug on it more than twice, you're playing with it. Yeah. How far can we go? Speaking of like where we're going here, does CF have any rules around what we can and cannot discuss? We have not been that told. we can and cannot use. <laughs> Keep the profanity to the minimum. <laughs> We've been told by our producer. <laughs> um, and we haven't sworn yet. But, yeah, so there's, there's, uh, there's toilet etiquette or urinal etiquette. But it's like everything else, though. It's like the, the guy that plays his music off his phone without headphones. Like, you're just contributing to the breakdown of society, right? And there will be some people who go right to the middle urinal, who continue... Who just, they do, people do that. Yeah, they contribute to the breakdown I, of society. And, and if I see that, I say, I, I give up. I'm, I'm going to a stall. I can't, I can't pee next to somebody if there were options. You know, sometimes so if there aren't options, it's okay. But if, if there, if there are aren't, options, huh. yeah. Like I mean, I'm learning if, a lot about you today. Yeah, use hmm. use one of the sides. Like you know, leave some space. Yeah. People need their privacy sure. when you're in the urinal. Sure. You know, but let's get back to girth. All right. <laughs> That's a good segue no there. Segue yeah. there. That's smoother than peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. So why? So there was there was a, there was talk about <laughs> the name girth, and girth radio. Yeah. Um, so and, and me, you know, growing up in Scarborough, I mean, I'm very naive and stuff. But you know, why girth radio? After a while, like, oh, it dawned on me what it, what you know, when people. Well, yeah, use the our term tagline girth. was well, we kind of rolled with it. Girth radio, it's bigger than you think. Like we embraced it, but the it came from because one of the things I said to Alex, I said, look, if we're gonna play music and stuff like this, like we're gonna get in trouble. So because you have to have licenses and clearing and SOCAN rights and all this kind of stuff. So the company upstairs was called Girth Music, and they already they deal with uh, licenses for uh, they put music into commercials. So they already had experience and lawyers and all the people set up with the licenses and stuff. So they said we'll cover it if you give us if we name the thing Girth Radio. So the name was hmm. dumb, but because it's such a huge issue, as you know, yeah, yeah. like trying to get all that. Like I didn't want to deal with any of that nonsense. I'm like, all right, let's take it. And then what was funny was like. It became kind of like a uh, Rorschach test, like, because especially too, sometimes like women be like, oh, once I got this email from Girth, I'm like, yo, that's kind of nice. Like, what's going on here? It's going to be a fun like, evening, whatever. And other times, like, I had one PR lady tell me, she's like, when I first got that email, I deleted it because I thought it was like a porno thing. Mm-hmm. Right? So it became like this weird thing where like, depending <laughs> how you saw it, like what you felt about it, what the, about the name. Yeah. So... It wasn't the best name, but again, the thing too is like, and we were, to, we were just kind of talking about this off air, like the, the thing with Girth Radio was like all the stuff was available like for Girth Radio t- on Twitter and like, cause you, when you sign up for a company now, you have to get the .com and the .ca yep. and you have to get the Facebook and then the Twitter. Yeah, and so what's available. Yeah, and so it's like, you know how hard it is to like name something like, yeah. and, and then get all that stuff. That's like, so once they said it's Girth Radio, I'm like, Fine, let's simplify life and we'll deal with it later. Yeah. So, and it, it's one of those things too where like it kind of worked a little bit because it was, it was so weird that people kind of remembered it. Like mm-hmm. it kind of made people a little uncomfortable. So it, it technically, in terms of branding, branding mm-hmm. 101, it kind of worked. 
So girth radio, okay, yeah, it kind of feels like I'm, I'm calling it like in the past. Would it be fair to say girth radio is in the past? Um, I would say it's just a different chapter. I yeah. think the network itself is still continuing and still growing and stuff like that and trying mm. to figure things out. Yeah. Uh, what happened was when Pacific Junction Hotel shut down at the end of January 2019, uh, we kind of lost our home. But like you're still recording, I'm still recording, Sean's recording, Pop-Up is still recording. Like People are still doing things. It's just that we've lost the, um, the, the actual section, like where our, our home base was. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like Star Trek where you've lost the Enterprise, but you're still Captain Picard and you're still doing cool things. Is there a Star Trek without the Enterprise? We're going to find out because there's a Picard show coming up soon. Interesting. I can't wait. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, think it, I think more for Picard. He's, he's, a good, he's a good character. It's a good, so let's talk about, okay, so some, some highlights from Girth Radio. So what was it, about a three, four year run? Yeah. Um, Definitely when we had uh, Finger 11 in, uh, that was a that lot. Was good. That, that was, was good. That was hilarious. Show. What I loved the best about that was they start playing, and you guys are broadcasting out of the bar, and this one woman who's probably, I don't know. 20s? No, she's probably like mid-30s, I would say. Oh, okay. Something like that, early mid-30s. Yeah. If she ever listens to this and she's actually in her 20s, she'll hate me, but that's fine. <laughs> that's and why she, I went younger. She comes over and she's like, Actually, I gotta learn from you. And she, she's, she like comes running over and she's like, it's, yeah, is I that, remember that. Is that finger 11? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I'll be right back. And she runs back and I don't know what party they were having, but there was probably, what, a dozen yeah. women around the same it age. Was, and uh, they come running back and they just lost their mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> almost swore. Yeah. But what was funny was, um, the, the last song they did was a cover of the Smashing Pumpkins Today. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's Greg's favorite band. Yeah, and then uh, so on this show we've talked about so Greg's favorite person and yeah. Greg's favorite band. <laughs> it's a highlight reel. <laughs> but uh, the the uh, I was talking to the lead singer and uh, one of the girls came up and she was like that last that last song you guys did was so good. What what made you write that and like <laughs> what inspired it? And she was trying to like connect with the singer. And then he was like, to his credit though, he was like, no, I didn't write that. That was Smashing Pumpkins. That was a cover. It was called Today, whatever. She goes, really? That song's so good. I'm like, who, like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what era did you grow up in that yeah. you were really excited about Finger Eleven but had no idea? But I had no was. idea. Who's like, it's Pumpkins. all the same radio stations. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I was like, oh man, that's a weird gap. So yeah. So I mean, stuff like that was fun. Uh, yeah, and the girls were all kind of uh, screaming and stuff like that. We also had uh, Sam Roberts in. Uh, that was awkward because uh, so he had all these really cool uh, throughout his, all his lyrics. He had really cool like um, shapeshifters, uh, collider, terra firma, all these kind of like nerd references. But every time I've seen interviews with him, like with Strombo and other people, CBCQ and things like that. None, nobody would ever ask him about these nerd references, right? So I said to him in the interview, I said, Sam, you have all these like nerd references, whatever. And he said, Sammy, uh, do you think I'm a nerd? I said, I didn't want to come out and accuse you. He goes, no, I think you're accusing me of being a nerd. I said, yeah, are you a nerd? And he's like, I'm a huge nerd. And he's like, and he finally got to talk about some of this stuff. And then after we were done, we were off air and we were hanging out in the bar. 
um, and we were just kind of talking whatever, and uh, I s- he was asking me, he's like, Sammy, what are you like, watching on TV now? He was looking for a show, because when he goes on the road, right, he's looking for shows to kind of binge and watch and things like that. And at the time, I was watching a show called The Man in High Castle, and uh, it's a show where the Allies lost and the Nazis won. Shit. And so, it's a no. really good show. Good. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's a really solid show. And it's this really science fiction show too, yeah. right? Like, and so, but uh, I said to him, and it's also kind of weird because a lot of the main characters are Nazis, and so, but they're really, they would kind of write them really sympathetic. And so the PR lady, all she hears me say to Sam Roberts is she cuts the end of the conversation. Nazis. And she's like, she hears me say, and it's really weird because the show forces you to kind of cheer a little bit for the Nazis. And so the PR lady's looking at me and she's like, why would you talk to Sam Roberts about Nazis? I'm like, I'm visible minority. I wouldn't like, I'm not, I don't know. Like, but there's no way, because once you drop the Nazi word in the conversation, it's over. So uh, we didn't deal much with her, her bands after Ever that. Since, <laughs> after yeah. that. since the Nazi Stay Roberts. away. Yeah, so. Have you watched the latest se- season yet? We have not. No, uh, it well, just season, released? Uh, season four drops in November. So we're. Oh, okay. So, um, Men in yeah. High Castle? Yeah. Men in High Castle. Fantastic show. You know what? On where? Where is this? HBO? Amazon. Or? Amazon. Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. What did you, like, what did you think of, well, I don't want to tell you because you're sitting in the room. But anyway, one of the things that it reminded me of, Highlander, okay? So, ever since the beginning of time, there were immortals. I'm talking about Highlander 1, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I can dig that. Right. And at the end, they fight to the end. And there can only be one. And there can only be one, and you win the ultimate prize. Correct. Awesome. Love it. Highlander 2 comes out. All our friends get together. We go for a big dinner, a couple of drinks. We go to the theater, and it starts off with, remember what we told you before? Forget all that. They came from space. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But let's say that's what it is, right? And it's like, I think we got up and left the movie. So, really? And again, I don't want to get too far into it because you haven't watched the, the TV show. But what did you think of the, the twist on it? Did you, were you okay with that? Yeah, I, okay. I think it opens it up. Okay. I think it becomes a lot more like... Because the, the, the initial premise was like the Allies yeah. lost and yeah. the Nazis won, which is a, which is a fantastic premise. Yeah. Again, I am not supporting Nazis, yeah. but it's, it's a fantastic premise, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. you can play that out. But then yeah. when you start throwing in yeah. that kind of sci-fi twist yeah, into yeah. the yeah, mix, exactly. yeah. then I'm like, holy cow, this gets yeah. like fascinating. But I can tell you, Warren from, yeah. from Iron Gate, um, he loved it. But he's not a sci-fi guy, so as soon as the sci-fi kicked in, we cut out. Yeah, see, and this is what I'm, and it's also, it's a novel, uh, it was really originally a novel by Philip K. Dick. Dick, who's a sci-fi writer. So that's initially what gravitated towards, yeah. like, to the show, because I was expecting a little bit more sci-fi. So yeah. I'm happy, but I can yeah. also tell, like, from the ratings that this show, nobody's watching this show. Like, oh, no? nobody yeah. is. So uh, when Amazon releases numbers and basically... They release numbers, Amazon? Amazon does, yeah. Hmm. This show is like, for them, especially for the amount of money that they're putting into, oh, like, this is an expensive... Big, big production. Right? So... Um, well, shit, yeah. the guy's building rockets. I'm sure he can build a TV show. Yeah, well, hopefully. But anyways, this, so this is the four seasons. So if you want, you could wait till this season's done, and then you could just sit down and watch all four seasons. Yeah. So... Yeah, I got to catch up for sure. Well, talk, speak, talking about... Spoilers. Is there a society? Like, does society have rules? No, they're idiot rules. So, I, like, I'm team spoiler. Don't you think they're better now, though? Hmm. Don't you think there's like I don't know. Are I, better I, about I, it I, now I than to, they were five years ago. I went ago? to go see a movie. I went to go mm-hmm. see the last Avengers. Yeah. Movie where Iron Man dies, which was the highlight. What? I haven't seen it. Which was the highlight Come for on. me. Um, and I think I saw like two days after it got released. 
And I, I didn't mean to spoil, it wasn't meant I'm gonna spoil this movie for like a generation of people. I just went on Twitter and I think I said that, that's a highlight for me or whatever. And people reamed on me for spoiling the movie. It doesn't matter. Because the problem is that people want to have their cake and eat it too. So they want to live and exist online, but have a spoiler-free environment. But the problem is you can't control the conversations that are happening online. So if you got excited because Iron Man died and you saw it two days before anyone else saw it, yeah. that's their tough nuts. That's yeah. why I put it. So you're okay with it all? I love spoilers. Yeah. I think it's, to me, spoilers are better marketing. I trust spoilers more than I trust marketing. Yeah. Uh, Sunday morning. Every second Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. I go online and I say to Kel, oh, shit, I gotta stop. I, oh, I just swore. That's okay. okay. I've got Mr. Cadillac in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like every, every second Sunday morning, I wake up and I go, oh, I can't go online. Because it's Formula, Formula One. Because the race has already happened. Yeah, but nobody watches time, that anymore. Oh, so you can go online on. and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's If you it. are in the mall and you watch Formula One, please come into the CF studio. We want to know who you lo- what you look like. We want to know who you are. Good job. No, no one's come in. Just seeing the people wave. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody watches but for cars going round and round. But, but that's what I'm saying, though. If you want, <laughs> it's, you have to make the choice. If you go online, you have to accept that somebody will say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. right." Like, and be, people get upset. So it's like that's why I said right, it. They like Formula One. All right, there you go. There you go. <laughs> they just um, zoomed in here. So highlights were Sam Roberts, uh, finger, fin- finger eleven. Yeah, but also just. Um, and this is a bit of a cop-out, but just in general, just being able to, and I know this from your show as well, just the fact that you were able to sit down with somebody, a filmmaker, a writer, it doesn't matter who it is, and just have a beer with them. Yeah. Right? And kind of get into it and talk to them or whatever. I know you were drinking more Diet Coke, right? But <laughs> just be able to sit down. Um, I know, like, uh, people that I've talked to, like some of my guests and stuff, so my show is called My Summer Lair, but some of the guests I talked to, for example, like, when they've done other uh, shows, they've gone to Q or SiriusXM and things like that, you just kind of go into a more concrete kind of sterile environment. You do the interview, then you leave. There's yeah. no connection. With us, like, people were able to come and stay, maybe even have some food. Um, like, for example, uh, I interviewed Ivana Sintilli. Yeah. All right? Smell fantastic. That interview was just good for the smell. But anyways, the... Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> I said to her, it's a shame that she said, uh, her PR person said she has a heart out at seven, she has to leave or whatever. I said, no problem. So we finished the interview at 6.55. I said, you're five minutes early, you can go, but if you want, there's water, there's beer, there's wine, and this place has delicious food. It's a shame you have to stay. She goes, I'm actually quite hungry. I wouldn't mind staying. So she pushed her interview session, her recording session back, and she stayed, and she ended up having dinner. And so, was, but again, it's just like the ability to just sit with somebody and like hang out with them. Uh, like. That's something in that environment that you just don't get to have in other yeah. uh, interview setups. You, what was really cool is you had, her name was, Je- was it Jennifer? Which um, one? Kind of like folk type music. Anyways, her partner was Simon Law. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer Schaefer. Yeah. Um, and, and Simon Law might not ring a bell, but he was one of the founders... Soul to soul. Of soul to soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my generation, man, soul to soul, I mean, they had a couple of huge dance back to life. tracks. Back to life. Just huge. Back to life was huge. And you see, yeah, yeah, that guy's from uh, soul to soul. I go, there was a redhead, a white redheaded guy in soul to soul. I can't be. 
you know, so I go back to YouTube and I'm checking and I go, oh shit, there's the guy. <laughs> you just, you know, him. yeah. And, and just, and then speaking with Simon Law, mm-hmm. um, you know, the opportunity, so he introduced us and he came in as well for, um, for my podcast and just speaking with him and go, holy crap, you, my brother and I listened to your albums mm-hmm. as we were growing up. We, 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 when we went to clubs, we would dance the floor off listening to your tunes um, and just, you know, being able to, you know, hear, you know, where he grew up and, you know, starting off in a choir and in church and, um, and then going to these, you know, these clubs and really falling in love with the music and stuff. So, and I think that's where the long form, like where podcast works to me better than the quick radio interview because quick radio yeah. interview is in, out, you get your sound bite about the new album, the new single, whatever it happens yeah. to be. Whereas like you're the chat you had with uh, Meister upstairs. Yeah. I mean, so that great. was a great, <laughs> so, so great. great. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that he's like, Sammy, you got to fix your boy or what? <laughs> yeah. Stand up so great. Yeah. <laughs> he just laughed. He, yeah. And he tried he to woke stand. up then. I think they have the interview after, from then, you know, he, yeah. he was wide awake. <laughs> I forgot about the so great. Yeah. <laughs> But awesome. he was like, Sammy, fix your boy or whatever it was. I'm like, no, man. I'm like, when, when Creed does soul crates, there's no friendship involved. I'm like, I don't know this guy. I never met him. But th- this, again, goes back to the what we were saying before with the Edge 102 and the Much Music thing. It was like the fact that like, you can start a podcast. The gear is really there and it's all easy and that stuff. You can get a couple of mics or just record on your phone or whatever. But to have a location, it makes a huge difference. It yeah. changes the environment of the uh, the conversation. The, um, the style, all that stuff. Like, it's a lot more different. And that was the other thing too, like just having like uh, the ability to like, women especially, but all people, like just to feel safe and know that like we're in a bar, we're in a public place, it's safe. It's not, you're not coming to my condo or yeah. my like basement or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's just like you have, it's the, that level of uh, security and openness. That it was also weird. It was recording in the Pacific Junction Hotel. Mm-hmm. It was the name of the bar. And people would come and go, so where's the hotel? Yeah. They go, no, 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 it's just the name. People when, were like concerned, okay, I'm, I'm inviting people to a hotel. When the uh, Pan Am games uh, were happening, because all the hotels downtown especially were booked, and so the people were constantly calling the bar, and they're like, I need two nights, these two nights, whatever. <laughs> and they're like, we're actually a bar, it's just the name, it doesn't mean anything or whatever. It's like, fine, I'll say one night. I need one night. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would just say, yeah, you're booked, come on in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can I have your credit card, please? Yeah. Your credit card. <laughs> so, the, and the place next door, Alex also owned the place next door, which is Betty's, and it used to be called Betty Ford. But people would call it, uh, when it was called Betty Ford and people would be like, okay, I need to dry out. I need to like, I'm trying to get off alcohol. We're like, we're a bar. We actually sell liquor. So you need <laughs> to, uh, that's the, the ironic part of it. Yes. Yeah. Hello. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what happened then at the end of 2018? Um, it's kind of complicated, but basically what ended up happening was he, he got approached by another a restaurant owner and he decided he got the big check. Uh, so it wasn't a condo. But at the same time, he kind of cashed out. Betty's, uh, and that's why I brought up Betty's, because Betty's next door was always an institution, right? Yep. Um, yep. It's uh, your basic like wings, uh, leaf game, nachos kind of place. Um, and it's been there since like the 90s or so. And I know a number of people kind of go, Strombo's in there often. He doesn't drink, but he'll be chilling in there. I've met him a couple of times. So Betty's was always like the, the center and the hub. And it 
Ghost Radio didn't make sense in Betty's just because it's just a different crowd, different type of music. Even when the type of music too, like in Pacific Junction, you could play hip hop and some of the other kind of yeah, more yeah. modern music, uh, rock and roll, that kind of stuff. Whereas uh, Betty's was like, like you mentioned already, like hip and kind of classic CanCon can rock, that kind of stuff. Um, and so once he got the, once Alex got the offer for Pacific Junction, he was like, I'm out. And so it became a, then the discussion then with the new owner. Um, and I sat down with her. I'm like, this is what we do. And so she was having a hard time trying to figure it out. And this is the funny thing too, is because when Growth Radio first started, right? Like we'd email, like people, you and I would email people and we're like, we're in a bar and, and people didn't realize like, is everyone all around and just like talking at the same time? Cause the mic would pick up all that. I'm like, no, we're in the studio. And like, it was a hard concept because everyone had gotten used to like the CRSXM studio where just like a very concrete room. You go in, you're in a room. Yeah. Uh, the Q Studios and CBC, things like that. Everyone was used to a traditional studio. Yeah. And then the, the fact that this one was like out and people could get a drink in the middle of the thing uh, was crazy. So, um, so she was she was struggling with the concept, but she didn't get it. Um, and she wanted to turn the place into a fine dining, which also didn't like I yeah, for the neighborhood itself. Right. So it does. To me, and I told her too. I'm like, you know, like George Brown is around the corner, for example. Like. You're gonna lose some of the students. Uh, she wanted to put like tablecloths and like napkins and stuff. So I was like, I don't think it, I told her, look, I'm not a restaurant person. Uh, I barely know what I'm doing with the music radio stuff, but I don't think it'll work with fine dining. And she's like, no, this is the vision, this is whatever. So as we kind of kept talking, I realized that like A, she didn't fully understand what, she, what we do. And then B, at the same time, I also realized it wasn't necessarily gonna be a good fit. Like you can't bring in like finger 11 as class as they are to fine dining, <laughs> right? Um, so it just wouldn't. Unless you bring in like a big piano and they just do like oh, yeah. really like Paralyzer. Lounge, lounge versions of Paralyzer. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, that should be kind of fun. That would be fun. All right, let's file that away. All right, cool. Um, and so it, by basically at the end of January, January 31st, 2019, we were now effectively homeless. But the great thing was people like your, you and me, for example, we built up this Rolodex of like PR people and contacts and things like that. So it made sense to keep going, yeah. but we just lost our home. Yeah. But overall, I was happy, like, because you start something and you don't know where it's going to go or what's going to happen. Like mm -hmm. I said, like when Alex said, like, here you go, do this. And I'm like, this is like, it's just weird to have this amount of freedom uh, and to try and figure things out. Like, you what happened to all the equipment? Did hmm? Alex took all the equipment? Uh, some of it upstairs? got sold off. Some of it uh, went back to Girth's music upstairs because they do some recording up there. They have, like, like I said, they used to have commercials and stuff like that. So... Uh, some of it got sold off, some of it went upstairs, and that's kind of it. You just, it's like a divorce. Like, you, like, who wants this dish? <laughs> so. I've lived Yeah, that's too bad. That was good. Yeah. That's bringing me down. Yeah? No. Let's bring it back I'm up. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, like I said, though, like, just to go back full circle, like, you, like, even with your show, like, Kareem, like, you, you don't, um, you just don't know where it's going to go or how things are going to unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, how the audience is going to react um, and just having that environment like you were sitting there all the time watching like uh, Blue Jay games and having nachos and yeah. it's like it was also the community too that we lost because like the staff was amazing yeah 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 right and the staff were always really super sarcastic and uh, super helpful and super supportive of everything we we're doing mm -hmm. and they loved it too right just getting to be able to see the bands and some of the guests and stuff that we had in um, one of the people, um, there was, uh, you know, the band Neutral Milk Hotel? No. 
so anyways, there's a really small indie band. They're kind of cool. I like them, but like they got like maybe like a handful of fans <laughs> kind of lingering. Anyways, I brought in a filmmaker. She had done a documentary, Astrid Taylor. She's super, super cool. But her husband is the lead singer of Neutral Milk Hotel. And one of the the bar guys, Nico, remember Nico? Yeah. Uh, uh, he, Neutral Milk Hotel is one of his favorite bands. And so I brought in Astra and I said, uh, this is Nico and he, you can order anything you want from him. He'll take care of you or whatever. And I said, Astra, aren't you in a band? Like when you're not doing documentary projects, you're in a band. And she goes, yeah, well, I just joined my husband. He's in, she goes on the road with him and he's like, I'm in Neutral Milk Hotel. And Nico froze. He's like, yo, Sammy, are you messing around with me? I don't, like, because this is, like, cuts close to my heart. I'm like, no. And then so I let them talk. And then so she got to tell some stories and, like, just, like, that interaction and those kind of moments and stuff like that that we were able to, like, kind of give back to the community that we take so much from. That was super neat. Nice, man. And you're still recording. Yeah, I'm still uh, chugging away. It's interesting because it's, like, one of the things, too. I don't know if you feel the same way because you were doing a lot of stuff beforehand with video and things like that, but, like, I kind of wish I'd started sooner, like doing podcasts and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm up in what way, in what way you, you wanted to start sooner? Like, why do you say that? Like, it's one of those things where like, um, just because then you would have like, if you had been like established, like, like it's the same thing. Like Lily Singh right now is going to jump from like YouTube to NBC. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. she's been doing 10 years of, uh, mm. YouTube videos. Right. So. We've all, like I only started with some like uh, Grace Radio in like 2014 or 20 yeah about 2014 or so right so it's 2019 so I've only done like half of what Lily Singh has done for example yeah. you know what I mean and if I started like in 2010 2011 whatever it is like even just a little bit then you would have had that much more uh, established base you would have had a little bit more um, downloads all those kind more of things more reps more downloads yeah. more yeah, yeah right but it's always a slow roll I mean even most overnight successes are still a slow roll. For yeah, sure. There's a couple of lightning in bottles, but but essentially it's a slow roll and you got to just keep doing it. Like we were talking about even this studio here, mm-hmm. like, you know, to make this happen, if, if they're going to open yeah, I don't it know up, why they're only they're open it up to months. all creators beginning yeah. and experience, it's going to be a slow roll. Yeah. yeah. And you got to figure it out. Like, it sounds like, you know, she just jumped from YouTube to NBC and it sounds like that's the jump. But like I said, it's 10 years yeah. of YouTube videos. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Yes. All right. And you, video is a lot harder than audio to edit and to do all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff, right? So, Absolutely. Um, I'm sure she's probably just welcome to the break. Like, all she has to do is the monologue and then go home, right? So, it's, her life's a lot well, That's thing. what she did, right? She took a break, you know, and then over that break, you know, she's, she starts chatting with, yeah. doing different things, and she, she's uh, got this opportunity. Um, it'll be great to see how she does. I hope she does really, September really well. September 16th. It's launching soon. Um, so you're still recording, I'm still recording, Sean's still recording. Um, in your mind, is there, like, are you still looking for a, a home for the network? Or um, is it just, you know what, let people do whatever they want to do? Yeah, I think that's what I said before. I think with the lessons we learned that I think having a home, having a space, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and what we had was like, um, I guess again, going back to the divorce analogy, but what we had was so special, all right? Because <laughs> it's like, Insert there's a music. song in there somewhere. <laughs> there's yeah. a song in there, like, probably a country song though. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah it's just the idea that like you can go in there and get a drink um like for example i'll give you like uh, i interviewed um there's a canadian movie called happy birthday to me 1981 horror movie um and basically what it is is a girl invites a whole bunch of people in her class to her birthday party and they don't show up so one by one she kills them course that makes sense and then the final scene is uh all the dead kids that she killed around the birthday table and then she, she comes out with the, the cake and uh it's a terrible movie but it's so bad that it's good 1981 canadian movie like that's a terrible phrase anyways um i got to interview two of the stars for it and they got into the uh they got into the wine and just having fun and whatever and then they would tell me stories about like the ad did like coke on the set and this guy punched somebody and they're like because they were getting into the wine and they're telling all these stories yeah and i said to the pr lady i'm like whoa do i run all that she goes yeah it was all on the mic so yeah <laughs> go nuts and but that's the those are the kind of like moments and things like that where like you realize the difference and like i said before like when the guests um could come and like uh, have a drink and kind of chill a little bit and being like one of my guests uh, she said she was kind of having a down day kind of a rough day when she came in to do the interview but when she saw the bar and all the noise and the people having fun and yelling and being young and good looking and all that stuff she started to perk up right hmm. and that's what I said like the, the environment also makes a big difference in terms of interviews because you can be a good interviewer and you can ask great questions and figure things out and do the research those are all essential skills but the X factor is always the environment and where yeah. you have it and how that makes a difference. Yeah. I, I even think when we did the um, our four-hour election night yeah. coverage thing. Yeah, from the bar. At the bar. Yeah. And, and I think to your point of, and again, not, not, not to promote the use of alcohol. I know you don't drink. But like just to have that and the people come in and have a drink and chill and you're going to be a little more open, a little, it was more, a relaxed a little more fluid. And... Mm -hmm. and I think if we were just sitting in a studio yeah. where you're just talking for four hours, in it's walls, very yeah. different than the environment that you guys had set up there. Right. So, yeah. And you know this too, like sometimes uh, people can be a little bit more formal off air, but as soon as the mics go on or the, you start mm -hmm. recording, they stiffen up a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, uh, I got to make sure all my answers are politically correct and I don't talk about shows about where the Nazis won, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of <laughs> awkward things like that and they or, pull it back. Or where you stand at the urinal. Right. Or which urinal. Which urinal. Which urinal. Not, not where you stand. We stand in the urinal. <laughs> yeah. So those kind of things and that that's like, uh, that's that's something that can't be, um, and that's something I would like to replicate if it's mm -hmm. possible. Yeah. Right? And try and find a space like that. And the the thing too is like, um, what's funny was when Alex said, go do this, right? I started Googling and there's a, one place, um, Acme Farmville in uh, Nashville. It's like kind of a bar, but they focus mainly on country music and they have a studio inside of a bar. Um, there's a couple of places that do this stuff, but it's not anything that's kind of well known. And what's even more bizarre was there's nothing really like in New York City or LA, like two hubs where you expect something like this. Mm -hmm. um, they just finished building a, um, a radio station inside a Chicago subway station. So that's, that's interesting. That's going to launch soon. So that's like, mm. um, I think that's one of the things we're like, because podcasters are looking for new spaces and yeah. streaming at CF is doing a great job. Yeah. Plug, plug. And, but I think that's the, uh, I think that's the next thing too, is just that you got to find unique spaces now. So if you, if you had the ear of, of Cadillac Fairview. Yeah. Um, 
what would you tell them about the space? What would you, so, you know, I, I, you know they open in August. Um, we've been told they're closing this space at the end of October. Correct. Um, you know, they own tons of property all over the country. Um, this is just a, a drop in the bucket. You know, I, I don't know whether this even makes an impact on their bottom line. Um, what would you tell them to do about this space? Uh, memorialize it. Like, there's no photography, right? Like, so just even just bring in f uh, photographers. Mm. Uh, just to document all the cool people that are coming. Yeah. You know, right? And just throw it up on their Instagram, throw it up on that kind of stuff. Like, just... Throw it up in here, even. Yeah. But it, it's just the... Like, that's the one thing with Toronto. Toronto has a bad habit. I know other cities are similar. Like, New York's very similar, too. But Toronto, especially, because we live here, we know it has a bad habit of like doing something really cool and then have it like fade away. Yeah. Right? Like big slice is gone. Right? That gone. piece of joint, mm -hmm. yeah. Right? And it's like it's physically and literally gone. Like they just actually torn the building down now. So but I was asking somebody who um does um photos, like restoration photos and like from the you know when like the Toronto Star or whatever will have an archive from the seventies and you'll like scan them and digitize them and kind of Photoshop them, clean them up and stuff like that. I said, when, when they're tearing down all these like, big slices and places like this in Toronto for buildings and condos that go up, does Toronto document this stuff? There's like the city center photographer. It's all digital now. Yeah. And they're like, no, they don't. Yeah. So it's like once that stuff gets torn down, it's gone. Right? You gotta go to Google Earth or something. Yeah. yeah. But even Google Earth doesn't do like archive. Like you can't see what like Toronto looked like in like oh, 20, 2010 or whatever, right? But all that stuff is there. You gotta figure Google's got it somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. but there should be like a Google Earth archive. But anyways, but that's my point is just like find a way to memorialize and keep this stuff either active or uh, alive. Because there's always that sad face when people walk by on Queen Street, when they walk by much music. And they're like, that place used to be so cool. Every, there's always a moment where somebody says that. And it's like, that place used to be so cool, right? Or when you go past, like just around the corner from here where the Edge Studio yeah. used to be, right? And, I, and you see that like, uh, is it a hair salon or something? And it's like, man, that's not progress. Like Edge 102, the hair salon. I'm like, fine, whatever. But it's like, yeah, so even if it lasts for a short amount of time, find a way to document it and keep it alive, mm -hmm. right? That we did something. You save Empire Records. Yeah, I think this, I, is, this is expensive real estate right here. This is like... For you and me, it's expensive. For anybody. Okay, this is, fair enough. This, yeah. lo, this specific location... Mm -hmm. By the entrance. ...is expensive. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you're going to... Like we're talking about the slow roll. If you're going to do it, you got to commit to it for the long it. run. Yeah. It's not going to be a turn it on in three months unless you're going to do the edge kind of thing where you regularly, like we talked about earlier, then you, you work with the record labels and the, the, have the management band companies show, yeah. and you have a band in here yeah. twice a week. Yeah. You're going to get the crowds. Yeah. yeah. Like a large band come in. Sure, sure, sure. And sure. you open it up out to the street. That's another thing. Yeah. And, and like the, this is blocked oh, off. Yeah. The amount of people I see walking by here right now. Yeah. Not to, I don't know if we're going to get in trouble from CF for this. No, but no, The amount of people I see, and I see like about, you know, a foot and a half out yeah. um, that are like, hey, what's that? And they sort of look around. Yeah. But there's this whole space here behind us that's window Hidden. space that yeah. should be open. Yeah, yeah. People are interested. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's um, you know, I, I hope that they, I hope that, I hope places like this, I hope uh, what talk she was doing down in the stacks. Yeah. Um, you know that 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 they continue, and, and I understand. Listen, 
you know, there, there are business people behind all of these things that um, are, are, you know, they're not philanthropists necessarily, and I'm not slamming them for that. They, you got to look out. If, we, if each of us had our own business, we look out for the bottom line, right? Um, you know, but I, I hope that these companies become successful and, you know, have these places, you know, or, or the, I, I hope other places like this continue to open up. Well, it's interesting because when you told me about this place, yeah. I think that was when, I believe it was Bezos said, he basically said, retail is dead unless they find a way to in innovate. And it was that day it was that, that I read, day, that, that, same I read day. that quote, and you're telling me about this place, I thought, yeah, that's well, interesting. there you go. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is innovation, and I know this is part of their innovation group. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're testing it yeah. out, and maybe this will work, maybe it won't, and hopefully it does, because... Yeah. There, you know, there, there's, you know, one in a thousand podcasts, if, if not uh, a larger ratio, oh, yeah. uh, that will make money. Um, and then there are projects like, like Girth Radio was doing and all the shows that uh, you guys were, were home to where there's people that have got full-time gigs, but they enjoy the medium. They enjoy... Um, you know this interaction between people. They enjoy flexing their uh, their mental muscles. Um, they enjoy having long form conversations with people and sharing it with others, um, without any um, hope or dream of it being a business for them mm -hmm. or being a career for them. It's just something that they, heck, you know, they'd be doing it in a bar anyways. Well, like you said, you get to hang out with like Simon Law, you get to hang with Maestro. Yeah. Right? Like those are opportunities, whether your podcast is profitable or not, those are opportunities you just don't get on a no. regular day to day. Yeah. So if they come along, then it's worth doing. Sure. Right? And if a few people listen other than your mom, then you're doing a good there job. You, go. you know, there's something to be said about the arts, right? And this is, this is part of the arts and culture industry. Um, and it, 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 what things like this do is create a fabric in a city, in a community that builds it. You know, without culture in a city, what is it really? It's just a bunch of people living and working. You know, but when you have um, sports teams from, you know, age of when your kid could walk all the way up to professional teams, mm -hmm. and when you've got museums and art galleries and um, shows whether they're in the Sky Dome or the ACC. I know I'm using names that don't exist anymore. Um, or you know, two guys grabbing you know, a, a guitar and playing in a local park, a or a local band camp where you send your kid. Yeah, you know, I mean that's what we did with our kids yeah. when they were little. We we put them in band camp. Yeah, and and um, elite music over at, on the Danforth would put together a drummer, a guitarist, a bassist, and a singer. Yeah, and they teach the kids to play. You know, my son played Rage Against the Machine when he was like 10 years old or 11 years old mm -hmm. because they worked with the kids that you know could play Rage Against the Machine and put them together and said, there you go. There you does he have, all the way up. Does he have Rage at 10 years old, though? Did he, what, did he have Rage personally? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10 years old is a little young. Pretty angry. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's 10. No, he's yeah. probably, actually, no, he's probably okay. 13. Okay, when they yeah. get really oh, raging. Yeah, yeah, really that makes sense. Raging, yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but to your point, I mean, it's 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 from grassroots all the way up to professional. Yeah. Let, let's, uh, let's, let's end off with this. One of Greg's favorite bands is Smashing Pumpkins. Um, and, I, and I say that ironically, but um, you got blocked. I got blocked. 
by the lead singer. Yeah, Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. On Twitter. Nice job. So this, so this, yeah. So I mean, I don't know who I am, but apparently, yeah, I was worthy of being blocked. Yeah. So, so tell us the story of you, how you came to be blocked by one of the top uh, bands of the '90s. Yep. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. Well, you have to go back to ninety. One, ninety-one, two, something like that. Yeah. At uh, the Masonic Temple, music, whatever. What is it? What is it now? Names. Is it a CTV studio now? No, that's going back to um, not Masonic a Temple, venue? but the concert hall or whatever. Mm-hmm. It okay. Is. And so it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. In that small room, which was awesome. The Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. And a no-name band opening up for them, and the no-name band came out, absolutely killed it. We all looked at each other and said, "What's the name of this band?" Somebody says. I think this band's called Pearl Jam. Like, oh. <laughs> okay, cool. We got to keep an eye on this because they yeah. were opening for these guys. So they absolutely killed it. I mean, I, I think Eddie had a broken arm and was hanging from the rafters and the, the, the balcony. And they finished their set. Smashing Pumpkins come out. They play a song. One of their fans in the front said, hey, play such and such a song. And he looked down and said, I don't take orders from anybody, never mind some bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he would be broken the next song. And again, I'm paraphrasing, so if, if the quote's not exact, but yeah, yeah. essentially. And so they play their second song. Well, the second song ends, and it's silence. It's really? silence. And all of a sudden, I hear this <laughs> from beside me, and it's my girlfriend at the time. She's the first person to yell it, and then just the crowd went nuts. They tried to play a second song, they left the stage, and that was it. Really? Mm-hmm. So then, it is funny because my brother went and saw them the next time they were in town, and Billy actually, to his credit, referenced that and said, you know, I know we didn't get along well last time. Let's try to get along this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not try to get along, but let's, yeah, yeah. let's make up for it this time, <laughs> yeah. right? So to his credit for that. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I guess... I don't know. I mean, I've just never been a big fan of his yeah. since that day. Yeah. Um, I like his music, his songwriting. I've just yeah. never been a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody mentioned something on Twitter about him, and I probably said, yeah, I just like the time he got booed off. And like this times when he, he, he lips off about the Foo Fighters and he lipped off about other bands. And I'm just like, come on. Like, mm-hmm. as Suleiman say, let's lift each other up here. Yeah. Right? Let's, let's. Let's support each other. It's not a, it's not a, I mean, you're here a massive musician, but it's not, it's not that big of an industry mm-hmm. per se. Um, He's and also. Yeah, so then I, I guess then next, and I had no idea, and then all of a sudden I'm blocked. So anyway, sorry. No, I was <laughs> gonna say like he's also only worked properly when it's a Smashing Pumpkins lineup, yeah. like Zwan, Zwan, and some of the other bands and some of the side projects. They've never quite worked. Mm-hmm. I saw Zwan live as well. Um, shout out to Edge One Two. Thanks for the tickets. Um, I've seen uh, Smashing Pumpkins, like, it, it's just whatever it is, there's like some guys, like, you know this too from music, some guys just can't go solo or like whatever, With the, when they have James Eha and uh, Jimmy Chamberlain on the drums mm-hmm. and like Darcy and all that, when that band is together, it somehow works, and I don't know what it is, yeah. but like, that, that chemical reaction, it works, um, and he's tried to like, recapture it with other bands and stuff, and they just never stop it. Yeah. There's only one Neil Young, man. Only one guy can do magic with so many bands. Well, Bruce Springsteen, too. And sure. But Dave, Neil Young. Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. Dave Grohl. 
No, but Dave Grohl's never gone Josh about Harvey. so many. Oh, he's yeah, Dave Grohl's. We could keep going. Yeah, yeah. But Neil Young is like <laughs> the god. Sure that, there's only one. Neil Young. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sure, Neil Young. <laughs> All right, Sammy, thanks for coming yeah, in. Yeah, thanks, Sammy. Thanks yeah. for stepping in, buddy. There really you go, uh, pinch guest hitter. Yeah, there you go. That's um, my baseball term for the day. That's uh, that's your one and only for the day. Yeah, okay. for the year. Yeah, because I don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> I'm sure you are. The Blue Jays scoring a lot of home runs this year. Scoring a lot of home runs. That's uh, no, I don't know. That's a question for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wore it at, like you know for one month out of the year. Yeah, all they right. Um, listen uh, to um, kind of like Fairview Toronto Eaton Center. Thank you very much for allowing us to use your space. My name is Kareem Kanji. That is Greg Tilston. Uh, Sammy Union uh, in, in the middle here and uh, we will chat with you next week over and out.